Welcome back to Seriously Funny. I'm your host, Mashnor Kambir, and I tutored the Buddha. This week, we talk about exactly what the title says. If you have yet to learn how to read, then I recommend doing so. Maybe I'll start the How to Read series next week. If this episode came on because of autoplay, then let me read the title and the topic of this episode to you. Should you be enlightened? And I'm also going to give you a tip on how to get one step closer to being happier until one day's I'm so out of ideas that I actually tell you about how to be happier instead of just giving you one little tip. Speaking about not giving you what you want, though, once again, we are going to talk about enlightenment, the thing I talk about so much because I'm insecure about the fact that I'm a complete and utter failure. But here's the thing, Mr. I hate you, Mashnor, being enlightened is kind of hard. I know that I sit here and act enlightened, but sometimes I get up in the morning and I think, God dang it, I don't want to. Where's the skip button? So I'm not enlightened, and to be honest, I don't know if I'll ever be, and that's okay, kinda. That's what I tell myself, but, you know... What an experience. I try so hard and I'm guaranteed nothing. Sounds like a college and my circuits class. So <laughs> maybe it's not maybe it's not too far from reality. Regardless, enlightenment is hard. Well, kind of. It can be in theory. We're all enlightened uh, in theory. We just have to be enlightened. Yeah, I don't get it either, but you can't become enlightened by attaining something or even doing something, even meditating. Meditation isn't what causes enlightenment. This isn't like Steve Jobs' 10,000-hour rule, where if you meditate for 10,000 hours, one second after that, you're suddenly enlightened. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Trust me, if that's all it took, I'll drop out of college right now and get started. That's easy if it's just a time commitment to become enlightened. That would be sick. But unfortunately, that's not the case. More so, some people may look at enlightenment and think, no suffering? Being able to get hit in the balls and not feel anything? Becoming a sage that people look to for direction? Where in the world do I sign up? Being enlightened entails many traits. Lack of judgment, lack of ego, acceptance, lack of desire, detachment from everything, no ambition, no reason to get out of bed, to be honest. And some of those things sound really cool, but that leads us So the first topic for the podcast, or for this episode, uh, at this point it might as well be the topic for the podcast, is this really something that you want? We'll keep it simple and go down the list that we just laid out. There's more traits, yeah, but we'll focus on that list, which is a pretty good bag. First, lack of judgment. That sounds really great, and it is. There's something that enlightenment or not, uh, we should practice. Don't go around judging people or looking at flowers and saying, that flower is prettier than this flower. This is a wonderful practice, you know, not judging things. Uh, Does it have limitations? Sure, I'm never going to judge anyone for judging two cars because they want to buy one. If you're going to pay money for something... I think it's fine if you compare it against other options. And that's, in theory, judgment. You are, quite simply, at the the core of the comparison, you're judging something. You're judging whether this car is better than that car, whether this mouse is better than that mouse, whether this keyboard is better than that keyboard, whether this laptop is better than that laptop. And yes, the MacBook is definitely better than whatever laptop you're comparing it to. Uh, If you're going to pay money for something, it's fine for you to compare it against other options. It's probably smart of you to compare it against other options, really. Uh, Next is the lack of ego. And ego is involved in comparison 
as much as judgment. I think that destroying your ego to some extent is great. Don't be a pretentious piece of trash. If you really want to, you can be like me who acts like a pretentious piece of trash because I think it's hilarious. And I also don't know how to turn it off. So that is indeed a reason as well. Yes, ego functions in a lot of parts of our life, telling us what we deserve, what we're worth telling us we do or don't have confidence, which if you listen to my episode on the confidence, you know how I feel about the confidence. And my massive ego tells me that I'm always right. So I must be right. Go listen to that episode. Keeping our ego in check is important and destroying some pieces of it is really helpful. I've probably talked about ego before. Before, and I'll probably talk about it more later because it's involved in so many facets of our life. It's your sense of self. And to be honest, you know, recycling content is kind of great. In meditation, you learn that there is no self, there is simply one. And you, I, everything is part of that one. Trees, grass, humans, dogs, cats, they're all the same. Nothing is better, nothing is worse, except for cows. They kind of suck. They are definitely worse. But other than that, you learn that there is no self, and that destroys your ego. However, one of the many things your ego is involved with is two of the other things on the list. Yes, I know I said I'd go in order, but don't pretend like this is the first time that I've lied to you. Remember every time I told you I'd make you a YouTube video? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you get lied to, and maybe Papa will sit you down and talk to you about that one day. But for now, desire and ambition are facets of the ego. For a while, I said I had no ego, although that would be dope. I really, really, really want to work at Apple. I really, really, really want to pass my circuits test on Monday, which when you're listening to this, I've already taken and probably failed. And for me recording this, it's tomorrow. So that's fun. I have desires. I wouldn't say I have ambition. And you might think, how do you have no ambition, but have desires? Well, that might tell you why I'm such a wet rag and frankly kind of kind of useless. I do understand that we're all one, so I don't really look down on people. I'm pretty short, so I'm usually looking up to people actually, although I do talk like I'm looking down on people because I'm naturally an a-hole, something to be truly proud of. I'm not proud of it because I have no ego. <laughs> Maybe one day. And that's a good point, though. All of these things are on a scale. Enlightenment is binary. Yes, it's a one or a zero. You are or you aren't enlightened, point blank, period. But ego is a scale. Judgment is a scale. And accepting things is great. Don't be racist. Don't be homophobic. Don't be transphobic. Accept things. You don't have to identify with those things, especially since you you, you can't identify with anything if you have no ego. But acceptance may have its limits too. Do you want to accept Hitler? Do you want to accept criminals? I don't know. Of course, if you're really clever, you understand the nuance there, but that's a conversation for another day. With all of that said, it's something to definitely ask yourself. Do you want to be enlightened? The one I didn't talk about was detachment, vairagya. Say you have a family, say you have kids, you would think you'd you'd love your kids, but some people, in the name of detachment, think they can't love their kids, and other people still love their children even though they want to be detached. They became attached to the idea of being detached. Here's the thing. If someone came to me and said, hey, I want to be enlightened, but I don't want to just leave my kids, I would probably say, 
then don't leave your kids. Love your kids. They're your kids. And there's nothing wrong with that. What type of garbage state of being is one where you don't love the people that you should love? That would suck. Enlightenment isn't worth giving up what's important and meaningful to you. Nothing in life is worth giving up what's important and meaningful to you. Is there a chance that you have to reassess what's important and meaningful to you sometimes? Yes. But you know, that's your life. That's what's important and meaningful to you. Don't effing throw it away because of anything. One, some effing loser online running a podcast told you to give up on it, not because your teachers told you, not because anyone effing told you, unless you're going against the law, in which case maybe you shouldn't do that unless it's injustice, then, then go ahead and go against it. I mean, shout out Martin Luther King Jr., right? Always looked up to that dude. He's pretty dope. Regardless, I'm saying that enlightenment isn't worth giving up, you know, what's important to you. And me, you know, that's coming from someone that is willing to sacrifice nearly anything and everything, probably not even nearly anything, probably just simply everything and anything to attain enlightenment. But enlightenment isn't meant for everyone. And that's fine. If everyone was enlightened, we probably wouldn't have engineers, we wouldn't have phones, we would this podcast wouldn't exist. That idea, you know, that would kind of suck. I really love Apple and their iPhones. I like my overpriced water bottle. I love the keyboard that's cycling between a bunch of rainbow colors in front of me right now. They're all incredible. And it'd suck if they didn't exist. Of course, yes, if I was enlightened, it wouldn't matter. But if you're thinking that right now, screw you. All right, calm down there, Sherlock. Desire and ambition wouldn't exist in enlightened thought, and for that, we would never push further. There would be no reason to test medical innovations to continue to push the boundaries of technology and humanity. I don't know if we'll ever become an intergalactic organization or intergalactic species, but I know if, if we were all enlightened, we would never become one. Here's the thing, though. I'm not going to sit here and say that everything I talk about on this podcast is absolute dog poop. No, the enlightenment stuff, or the facets of it at least, like we said earlier, are on a scale. Sure, maybe you should judge things a little when you're spending your time, energy, or money on something. But you shouldn't judge people. Let them be them. You do you entails that you let others do them. And I always tell you to you do you. The grammar there just did not work out at all, but whatever. Sure, maybe you shouldn't completely destroy your desire and ambition, but maybe you don't need that shiny thing. Maybe you don't need the stupid things that you want to buy right now. Sometimes your desire is genuinely, legitimately, completely stupid and unfounded. Stop wanting it, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't become a doctor and save lives, an engineer and push humanity forward, a scientist who gets us closer to that intergalactic future, or a philosopher who wants to... Uh, okay, maybe you shouldn't want to be a philosopher either. And sure, maybe maybe you should love your kids. And although you love your rainbow keyboard and your phone, don't die if they die. Be detached from most things. Your phone, your result on one exam, your hair, your wealth, most of your mental, or not mental, most of your material possessions, being detached from those things will, strangely, probably let you do better in those areas, actually. That doesn't mean you can't love your parents or significant other, but you don't have to be attached to everything. Chill out. So maybe you don't want to be enlightened, although it would be super interesting if everyone was enlightened. That would be so cool. Like, imagine what the world would be like if everyone was enlightened. We wouldn't have crime. We wouldn't, I mean, we'd have world peace. I Probably less cancer because everyone would be meditating all day and less illness because everyone would be meditating all day. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. But 
I wonder where anyone would get food ever. Maybe we would all just die. I mean, there's a chance that happens. Who knows? If everyone was enlightened, it probably wouldn't be for the best. Having higher emotional control, a smaller ego, less judgment, and more understanding, those probably would be for the best, though. And if you want to work on those things, you just have to do one thing. Keep listening to this podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> the last thing I have here, if I even have time, which I do. All right, we're, we're doing good. We might even be able to talk about the thing I want to talk about at the end. Who knows? But anyways, that enlightenment thing, thing to, I wrote a lot there. So yeah. Anyways, we have a tip to being happier. I pulled straight from The Happiness Advantage by Sean Aker with some additions from yours truly. This is a tip that I'm talking about because it's relevant to me right now and I'm going to show you a clever mind trick that you can play on yourself to make life a little bit better because we all know there's no way to actually make your life better. So let's just change our thinking. Like I said, this idea comes from Sean Aker's book and it's quite simple. Have something to look forward to. Sean writes, quote, one study why did I say quote like that? Sean writes, quote, one study found that people who just thought about watching their favorite movie actually raised their endorphin levels by 27%. Often the most enjoyable part of an activity is the anticipation. If you can't take the time for a vacation right now, or even a night out with friends, put something on the calendar, even if it's a month or a year down the road, then whenever you need a boost of happiness, remind yourself about it. Anticipating future rewards can actually light up the pleasure center in your brain as much as the actual reward will, end quote. That is from page 52 of The Happiness Advantage. There's one part that one part of that, which I really want to harp on. Yes, it is true that anticipation can be just as pleasurable in terms of neurological measurement as the activity itself. And that's definitely a very great and good reason to have something to look forward to. And you know, the reason that habits work, the reason that addiction happens is also because of that the anticipation is the same as if not greater than I think I we have found instances where anticipation was greater than the actual activity or the reward, for example, cyberpunk, right? But that aside, another reason for, you know, that we should have something to look forward to for us workaholics who are really bad at taking a break or slowing down. Uh, I'm not a workaholic. I'm just really bad at remembering that I've been working for three hours, especially since I probably got nothing done. But that's a different issue. When you give yourself something to look forward to a trip, a video game, you want to grind a show you want to watch a movie that's coming out a date you're with your significant other a night out with friends, whatever it may be, that thing forces you to take a break. You're not only looking forward to something and getting the benefits out of that. But this guarantees that at some point you stop, which for many people, especially in the working culture that we live in is super important. Most people aren't made and can't handle working for 120 hours a week without a break for 10 years. Some may be able to but most people can't even people that love what they're doing just can't do that. Taking breaks is great. But that's another episodes topic. The second thing that looking forward to something gives you is that it really does help you go forward. It gives you a reason to get through the things you don't want to. Uh, 
but there's two branches that we can take that down. I think that there's two different manners in which you can look forward to something. You can look forward to something awesome, and you can think about something that sucks, which is weird. Of course, you can look forward to the dope things like we named up there, Genshin Impact, Anime, the MacBook I ordered that comes in an effing month. Having those things to look forward to is great. They make getting out of bed just a touch bit easier. Doesn't make the feeling of wanting to stay in bed that much better, but just a little bit easier. The second thing is thinking about things that suck because you may have things on your calendar that you don't want to see there. For example, if I look at my calendar, I see a giant orange rectangle. Tomorrow at 7 p.m., I have a circuits exam. I definitely do not want that block to be on my calendar. And yes, I could delete it. And maybe that would be a spectacular idea. I mean, put the lampshade on top of it and I'll stop. It'll stop existing, right? But here's how we can play a brain trick to make the meeting that you don't want to go to the exam that you don't want to take something somehow that you can look forward to. Unless you're enlightened, there's no way that you're going to look forward to doing the thing, obviously. We just talked about how enlightenment isn't meant for everyone, so you're probably not going down that route. But what we can do is look forward to the thing that you don't want to do being over. I'm absolutely dreading my exam tomorrow, but I'm so excited to wake up on Tuesday and say, wow, I have no circuits exam today. I'm less excited to wake up on Tuesday and say, oh my, I have a digital systems project due today and I haven't started because I was studying for my circuits exam. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So yeah, looking forward to great things happening in the future and looking forward to finishing the garbage that you don't want to do. And that's all we got. Uh, I have not gotten very far, if anywhere, with my anime. School is really, really triggering me. And I definitely need to figure out how to not be an absolute idiot and get my crap together so I can watch anime. Maybe after my exam and seven projects due this week, I'll do that. No new music either. Man, what a garbage week. Other than the Apple event. That was stellar. The new MacBooks are absolutely insane. I thought I was running low on time, but I'm not. So I can't actually talk about them for a bit. They completely removed the touch bar and gave us a full row of function keys, which is absolutely beautiful. I love the design of the laptop. It's a little bit rounded on the corners. I, w- I wish they sharpened it a little bit more, but it's whatever. They added an HDMI port. It's not HDMI 2.1, which is a little bit sad, but they probably just wanted something to upgrade next year because everything else on this year's MacBook, except for Face ID, is there. Everything that everyone wanted. There's an SD card for all of the creatives that use it. The HDMI port, which works for most people, whatever. Three Thunderbolt ports, all of them with power delivery, so you can plug your USB-C charger into those three ports. And the reason I point that out is because they also added MagSafe charging back to the laptop. Absolutely incredible. So, so awesome. And I am running low enough on time that I can't talk about the chips, but I got a 14 inch with the M1 Pro, uh, 10 CPU cores, 14 GPU cores, 16 gigabytes of RAM, 512 gigabyte SSD, and the education apps bundle. I don't hate the notch at all. Like I think the notch is absolutely fine, especially on Mac OS, it's not gonna matter. And 120 Hertz was the biggest and greatest surprise of my life. I was, I'm, I'm super, super excited to switch to Mac and get mine in a month here. I'm not super excited about how much money it's going to cost to buy all the apps that supercharge mac os but sometimes it'd be like that you can't win them all my order uh at least they say 
it should come in from November 18 to 21. There is a chance that on Tuesday when shipping starts, my order date will be sooner. and Maybe it'll come in like November 15th or something if they like ship them out quick enough. I don't know. But uh, generally, Apple is really, really good at giving you like an accurate date of when your product is going to come. That They're a little bit conservative, so there is a chance it'll come earlier than that. But usually you for like the bigger things you buy, your phone, the laptops, the iPad, they're like really accurate with the time they give you. It, it usually comes like right when they say it'll come. But, you know, fingers will be crossed for the rest of the month. Uh, and, you know, worst comes to worst, I just wait a month, whatever which is three weeks from now, but whatever. But, you know, uh, hopefully my dbrand skin will be here before then so I can skin it right out of the box and uh, prevent the, the nicks and the scratches from the beginning. Other than that, uh, I got nothing. A lot of stuff I would have liked to talk about regarding, you know, Apple Silicon, but maybe I'll have time next week. Thank you for listening. I'll talk at you next week. Much love. Get something to look forward to. Oh, and if you have nothing else to look forward to, you can look forward to this podcast coming out every Friday. Peace.